What's up, beautiful people? I'm here in Mexico City with another episode of the Circle Up podcast. This is one that you do not want to miss. This one is succinct. This one is short and sweet, but it is impactful. And uh, I love, my favorite episodes are always the one where I'm kind of scratching my own itch, but this is one that you know I experience and I deal with and I have challenges with. However, it is a common challenge that we experience as men. It's a common challenge we experience in humanity, especially today, amplified and exasperated by the 2020 uh, health crisis that we're experiencing. And it's, and it's uh, demonstrated by Eckhart Tolle in Power of Now, where he talks about how as human beings, we, we kind of run through our lives with this like low, like almost in the background refrigerator hum of mm, anxiety, mm, tension, mm, stress. It's just kind of in the background, but it's there. And the gentleman that I spoke with on this podcast, like I said, massively impactful. You can really tell the difference in the quality when the guests on this show have had a decade at least of experience in their field of expertise. So this gentleman has been leading men's circles and retreats and have been coaching men in how to have better relationships how to be examples for children, and how to recognize in themselves that kind of low refrigerator hum, anxiety and tension that we carry with our days and to instead enter the present moment and instead find relaxation and find, which I'm so thrilled that we covered this emotional intelligence and emotional awareness. And he mentioned uh, that IQ is being shown to be not nearly as important in our culture today as EQ and an indicator of success. And so if you're interested in learning how to embody a relaxed presence, how to embody who you are as a person, because he talks about his identity and how he was rejected multiple times when he tried to come out as gay and honor his truth and honor his self-expression and was rejected and how important it is to create and cultivate relationships in our lives where we can actually be our authentic selves, where we can actually open up. And so I'm just thrilled to bring someone who I look at as a massively positive role model for men, for the world, for children. And like I said, short and sweet, but this one is impactful. This one will make a difference in your life. So excited for you to tune in to this episode of the Circle Up podcast with none other than Mike Sagan. Uh, welcome to the Circle Up podcast. I'm here with a man who is truly making a difference in the world, whether it's with youth mental health education or whether it's with men and masculinity and redefining the way we talk and think and feel about masculinity. Um, I have superstar extraordinaire Mike Sagan. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. I'm, I'm so, so grateful to be here. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah. And uh, like, I just got to say, man, you changed my life. So mm. I found, I found every man through uh, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Ryan Martin. He was mm. a participant in every man. And as I was browsing through different men's circles, I was I was really inspired by the way that they positioned themselves and branded themselves on social media. 
And then I started discovering some of the leaders that helped lead their programs, including Dan Dottie, some other leaders, and yourself. And uh, when I landed on your profile, I said, I got to reach out to this guy because he is inspired. And like we talked about just before we started, self-expressed. And that was mm -hmm. one of the things where when I was thinking about how am I going to approach a conversation on masculinity, I want to make sure that my self-expression comes through um, with congruency and vulnerability and honesty. And that's the way I see you in the world. So uh, inspired to jump in this conversation with you. And uh, the place I want to start is with your TEDx talk. Mm -hmm. Because I had an opportunity to check that out. And it was called Saving Lives, Healing Hearts, and Soothing Minds. And uh, I'm a huge student of public speaking and communication. And I, you, man, you nailed it. You were mm. clearly prepared. You were clearly knew where, what you wanted to, to bring into the world. And, and so my first question is because in my men's circle where the, the work that I do, um, we talk about 15 tenets of this code of honor. And the last one, number 15, is be an example for children. Mm. Be an example for children. And your TED Talk was really about how can we be trusted adults how can we be somewhere, someone that young people look up to? And it sounds to me like there was a, a specific adult that really made a difference for you in a vulnerable time in your life. But I was just wondering if you could share from your perspective, how did that TEDx talk come to be? How did you piece that together? What were the puzzle pieces, the recipe pieces that made that an important conversation for you at that time? Yeah, man. Uh, well, first, man, thanks for checking that out. Appreciate you spending 14 plus minutes watching that, that TEDx talk, brother. Yeah. Um, so at the time I was working with uh, a corporation called Kaiser Permanente and the, the foundation of our work was going out into the communities and educating communities about making healthy decisions. And the format that we use was through theater. So we would connect with young people uh, with a play or with a show. Um, and then afterwards we would, we, we would have kids come up to us and ask us some vulnerable questions, connect with us, basically. And um, in my 10-year career with this organization, I saw the true power and the true healing in just being able to listen to a young person, just being able to uh, put aside my own struggles, my own pain, and allow this young person to open up to me in a powerfully vulnerable and courageous way. Um, oftentimes I would just sit with a young person and just get, get curious, just ask them how they felt or what they were going through. And in a 10 to 15 minute conversation, they can go from feeling alone, and depressed, anxious to feeling, oh my God, I can do this next step. Mm. I can, I'm excited about being in my community. I'm excited about making new friends. I'm excited about reaching out to other adults. And so I really saw this profound um, power in being an adult for young people and being that one person that they can talk to. And this really came about because I was very fortunate to have several adults in my life growing up who um, were really just there to just listen. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, my parents are going through a divorce and 
Uh, my teacher at the time is Kachmanian, who is still one of my good friends, still connect with her. She, she came to my wedding five years oh, wow. ago. We still text message each other. Um, uh, at the time, she was only 22 years old and I was a 10 year old. And wow. um, she noticed that there was um, a shift in my behavior in class. She noticed that I wasn't paying attention. She noticed that I was uh, sensitive, distracted. She noticed that I was um, just not there, not present. And um, one day she's like, hey, Michael, can you just stay back with me? Would you like to have lunch with me? And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> and while all the other students were at lunch or at recess, I just sat with Ms. Kachmanian and talked to her the entire time. And she sat there, she ate her, she, she's so cute. She used to eat like vegetables with barbecue sauce and she just ate her, she was, at the time she was eating carrots and barbecue sauce. And I just like spilled my guts out. And I just told her what, what, I, what I was feeling. And then it just became this recurring thing. The next two weeks I would go over uh, and hang out with her at lunch. Um, and I just noticed how powerfully impactful that was on my life, how, Gaining trust with her allowed me to look for other adults in my life to trust. Mm -hmm. And that the, 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 the next pair of adults that came into my life were in high school, Kevin Lassett and Melinda Lassett, they were my choir teachers. Um, and I was going through another period in my life where I was questioning who I was and I was stressed out about my identity and um, uh, things were happening in my personal life with with my mom, my dad, my sister, my church, all of these things were coming. And, and because I knew that I can talk to an adult from Ms. Kachmarian, I just reached out to Kevin. Um, and he was actually the first man in my life that allowed me to just cry. Uh, I remember being in his office and I just broke down. I was sobbing. Uh, and he didn't say anything, man. He just came over to me and he wrapped his arms around me and he said, it's okay. And he really just allowed me to be vulnerable and be human. And it was through those experiences that just allowed me to keep, I was like, okay, cool. There's like this really powerful thing that happens when I open up, mm. when I just share from yeah. my gut, when I like share my truth. Um, and so being able to be that adult for hundreds, maybe even thousands of kids in my career was, um, was really profound for me, which really inspired this talk, uh, yeah. this TED talk. One of the themes that I also found that came through in that conversation was around identity. And you had touched on that briefly. Um, mm -hmm. You know, today you're a, a, you describe yourself as a proud gay man. Mm -hmm. And in that conversation, you talked about how you had opened up twice before. And that in of itself must have taken so much courage, a really a leap of faith. And in both those situations, you described yourself as feeling rejected. Um, mm -hmm. Can you, can we talk about that a little bit? Because um, you, you mentioned this third conversation went differently. And so maybe you could, you know, position us there because when we are having conversations with ourselves, we're having conversations with our loved ones, you know, my, my intention with my life moving forward after hearing stories like yours is how can I fully accept myself for who I am? Yeah. And if I can fully accept myself and love myself unconditionally, then I can go out into the world and I, I don't have to judge and label and tell people the way they need to live their lives. Um, instead, I can mm -hmm. accept them. And so can, mm -hmm. you, can you talk us about that place in your life and what that, was, what that was like and what you were dealing with? 
Yeah, man. Um, so I was in college and um, at the time I was dating women, uh, but I was also being pretty, uh, I was, I had some risky sexual behaviors because I was a closeted gay man. Um, so I had, um, you know, my outward appearance was I was a straight man and, uh, and sleeping with women or dating women. But in the background, I was on the down low, as we would mm -hmm. say in, in our community, sleeping with men and immense, immense shame. And plus the religious background that I came from um, oh, wow. was, was very oppressive. And um, just one night I just realized I, I was taking uh, some classes. I was in college. I was taking classes on international religions. I was taking anthropology classes. And I just realized like, holy shit, like that for, for the last several millennia, all of these communities and these religions believed that what they believed in was their truth and that their God was the truth and everyone else was wrong. And so I started to realize like, well then what the hell made my truth true? Hmm. What the hell made my beliefs true? And so then I started to question, so do I actually think homosexuality is a sin? Do I actually think that I'm going to hell for being homosexual? Can I have a different belief? And so I ended up coming out to my mom, complete rejection, didn't talk to her for six months. She told me that I need to go talk to my uncle, who at the time was my best friend, was like my father growing up, came out to him, complete rejection, haven't talked to him since the day I came out to him 10 wow. years ago. Um, and over this period, that was a two day period. And then over the next couple of weeks, I was like, oh my God, like what the hell did I just do? I just ruined my life. Now I don't have the two most important people in my life now aren't talking to me. They refuse to talk to me. What the hell? And I started to contemplate suicide and I started to um, dream about the possibilities of what it would be like for me to end my life. Um, and and my, my intention of that was I wanted to get them back. I wanted to take my own life because I was spiteful because I wanted you to hurt. And something in me was just like, Mike, like, Let's try this one more time. Let's just, let's just find someone else. And Kevin was the first person that popped up in my, in my, in my heart. And um, I was just up late at night, just thinking in my head. And finally, I just made the call. He, was li he lives in, in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And it was like 12 in California. And it was 3 a.m. In, in Cape Cod. And he answered. I called him. He answered 3 a.m and I'm sobbing, crying, and he just asked like, what are you, what's going on? And I told him, I, I think I'm gay. And there was a pause. And the first thing that he said to me was, I'm proud of you. There is no questions, there's no denial, there's no, um, are you sure about this? There is no, God doesn't want you to do this. There was no, you're, you need to seek scripture, you need to pray about, there's none of that. There's only, I'm so proud of you. And that completely shifted my life. It went from, holy cow, I'm going to end my life to, oh my God, there's someone on my side. Mm. Wow. And so it was this process of gathering the courage to ask for help, mm. right? It was this process of, okay, I asked for help from my mom, didn't get it, rejected. Asked for help from my uncle, didn't get it, rejected. Okay, let me try this again. And then I got it. 
I think oftentimes we as men feel like we're going to get rejected when we ask for help, mm. which is one of the reasons why we don't ask for help, mm -hmm. right? So often we think about asking for help as weakness. We think about the, the strong man that does it by themselves. We think about the lone wolf that does it, that can yeah. get everything done on their own, that can provide everything on their own. And what it really boils down to is there's this fear that comes up, this fear of how am I going to be seen? Am I less than? Am I weak? Am I not a man if I ask for help? There's also this fear of and the shame of rejection. I don't want to be rejected. And so we stop ourselves from asking for help because of the, because of the fear, because of the shame behind it. Right? And when, I mean, man, I can't, I mean, I think many of us today know all the men's mental health statistics, right? The suicide rates, the loneliness, the addiction, the domestic abuse, all of these things wrapped up around our identity as men and what we think we need to do or how we need to behave to quote unquote, be a man. And um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I, I think I, I was privileged to gather the courage to ask for help, but I also had the privilege of knowing that I can get help. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that you had that first experience in grade five where you felt you had a, a trusted adult, someone that was open to listening. And that's a, that's a huge theme is just listening for the sake of listening and giving people mm -hmm. the space to share. I think that's super important because we get so caught up in what's happening in our heads and we don't even realize sometimes how negative the conversation we have with ourselves is until we share it. And then mm -hmm. that space gets created when someone listens. Um, the other thing I'm wondering is if you could go back in time and have a conversation with yourself around that time, or maybe somebody that's listening, maybe it's not, um, you know, coming out as being gay, but it's, it's some other place where they feel like they need to put on a mask. Right? Or they feel like there's a, there's a disconnect between who they really are, or who they want to be, and then who they, the front they put on with the world or with their loved one or with their, the people around them. Um, you know, have you, what have you been able to internalize around uh, that conversation where who I'm, who I'm presenting myself as and who I know to be isn't congruent? Um, you know, what would you tell yourself or what would you tell you know, someone that's dealing with that, that same situation? I mean, I, the first question I would ask is, how is that mask or how is that identity serving you in your life, right? Is it destructive or is it constructive in your life? And oftentimes we create these masks because somewhere down our development, they've been protectors for us. Mm. We created the mask because that's what we needed to survive, right? For me as a young benefit. gay man. Right. As, as for me, as a young gay man, putting on the straight mask meant like I could be in this community of other boys and they're not going to chastise me. They're not going to make fun of me. They're not going to disown me. And I belong in this tribe. Right. Which is a, which is a human necessity. And so often that's a really beautiful trait because it allows ourselves to protect ourselves from being hurt. But then we carry these masks along with us throughout our life. And oftentimes those masks aren't protecting us anymore. Rather, they are oppressing us. Mm. They, are, they are shoving our true self down. And so what I would ask a person is, what are these masks that are serving you and how are they serving you? Is it constructive in your life? But also in my own journey coming out and also 
reshaping who I wanted to present myself into this world and who I wanted to be in this world, I had to ask myself, am I sacrificing my own happiness to meet someone else's expectation of me? Right? Mm. Am am I letting go of my true identity because I want to make someone else happy? You know, and um, and am I seeking that external validation? And for me, it was like, no, nah, like I can't, I'm not going to live the rest of my life pretending to be happy and putting on this heterosexual mask because my parents want me to be this way or my church wants me to be this way. I just can't live like that. Mm. There's no way. If I struggled from my, when, when I came into my sexual identity around 10, 11, when I knew that I was gay to 23, I mean, I suffered in that, in those 13 years, man, I suffered with questioning who I was and to think about a life, the rest of my life that I had 60 to 80 years, am I willing to suffer for another 60 to 80 years? Hell no. Yeah. Right. So it the takes cost ownership. Is too high. Right. And it takes ownership. Right. And it also takes understanding that you might hurt people along mm. the process. But I am also not going to sacrifice my own worthiness and my own identity because it makes someone else feel satisfied. Because it's convenient yeah. for them. Right. Right. I'm not going to live in that. Yeah, the, 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 the word that comes to my mind is that people might not like your decisions, but at the end of the day, when you're true to yourself, they're going to respect you. Oh, 100%, man. You know, like with the, the fear that I had after coming out is what, what the hell are my friends going to think, right? Oh, my God, I have this like beautiful community of people that love me but know me as this straight guy. What are my what are my boys gonna think of me? What are my uh, what are my other friends gonna think about me? And I had to uh, I had to have ownership in my identity to show up as my true self. And what happened was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I came out to all my guy friends, and they were like, "Dude, love you, brother. We love you, man. We don't care. That's awesome." And they completely embraced me. I had this story of what could happen. Right. I had this story of, oh my gosh, I'm going to be alone and they're going to completely and reject this, me. this rumination. Totally. Totally. And um, I, t- I took action. And because of that, I was accepted into the community for who I was. Well, I know you stepped into this quite a while ago, but uh, nonetheless, I'm very happy for you and super excited for you uh, that you get to be yourself in yep. the world, man, because that's, that's exactly what we need. And, uh, and I think it's a, just an inspirational story and message for a lot of people that are listening here that maybe you're putting a mask on right now that doesn't serve them anymore. And like you said, maybe at some point it had a benefit and it, maybe it's gone too far. And, uh, you know, just know whether it's me or whether it's Mike, but there's definitely people in your life that do care and do want you to be happy. Yeah. And so we're going we're gonna to be there for you. So I appreciate Real. you sharing. Yeah, man. Thanks for opening that up in me. Yeah, totally. Um, the other, yeah, I'm, I'm curious about, about so much about your life. Uh, one of the things that, that you're clearly passionate about is education. Mm-hmm. And you went into Kaiser Permanente and you went into, you know, it sounds like hundreds of schools, spoke to you know, thousands of students. You had a decade of that work um, and you were teaching, you know, finding trusted adults, uh, the importance of listening, the importance of reaching out for help. And I think those are all 
extremely important. I spent three years as a volunteer with an organization in Toronto called Jacket.org. They're actually all across Canada. Um, they speak to high schools and universities about youth mental health education. So we definitely have a lot of um, common ground there. Yeah. The other common ground we have is this evolution in both of our stories to working with men. And that's how we know each other is through every man, different communities. But in the book that I'm writing right now, the, the Circle Up book, we actually, I talk about every man as being a phenomenal option for men mm. if they're looking for a men's circle. We have a very particular way of doing things. And so I wanted to talk to you about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. That, that wasn't a conversation that I had growing up. And yeah. one, of the, one of the things that's clear with, with you is, is you have this journey of self-awareness and this mm-hmm. journey of introspection. And so I'm just wondering if you could start off with what does emotional intelligence mean to you and how do you talk about it? Yeah. So, you know, we're, start, we're now seeing that EQ or emotional intelligence is a greater indicator of success than IQ. Right. And when I think about emotional intelligence, I also think about emotional awareness. Uh, Emotional awareness are the lessons that we learn from the reactions that we have from our emotions. Mm. Emotional intelligence is taking those lessons and creating action, doing something different in your life. Okay. Right. So I have an awareness that when I get angry, I shut down. Mm. I have an awareness that when I get angry, I run away. Yeah. I close up. So I know that about myself. I know that when I get angry, I get tense, my jaw clenches, my my body clenches, and I go into a place of freeze. Mm. I have awareness around that. The intelligence comes in when I feel that anger again. And rather than shutting down, how can I, in a healthy way, let that anger out and be expressed? How can I show that? How can I give that anger a voice? Or how can I let that anger be seen so I don't stuff that anger down? Yeah. Right. And so this, this works with all of our emotions. We have, we are feeling something all the time. Numbness is a feeling, guys. I hear guys say all the time, I don't feel anything. I just mm-hmm. feel numb. Well, numbness is a feeling, right? You feel numb. And so my line of work, the work that we do at Everyman is really getting clear about what is it that we feel on or in our body? What are the physical sensations that we feel when someone screams at us? What are the physical sensations that come up when we feel alone? What are the physical sensations that come up when I am so excited and I feel so much joy in my life? And once we get clear about what the physical sensations are, we can then start to label and develop an emotional vocabulary so that we can articulate what our emotions are. Mm. And when we can articulate our emotions to the people around us, that serves everyone, right? And so I think this is important, especially around men's work, because we've basically been taught that anger is glorified. Like anger is great. Like you can show anger. Anger is great. Let's glorify it on the gridiron. Let's glorify it in the octagon, right? Let's world star hip hop. Let's watch these fights. Let's glorify Mm -hmm. all of this, right? But however, we're never taught how to truly accept and give ourselves permission to feel all the other emotions. The the, the, I mean, there is a, lit, a long it's list a broad of spectrum that we can feel. Oh my God, it is a spectrum, right? And we're only taught also that whatever anger you feel is just anger. 
but it's more nuanced than that, mm-hmm. right? Anger is a spectrum. On one side of anger is rage. On the other side of anger is irritability and frustration. If we're never, if we're never taught the vocabulary of emotions, we can just label ourselves as being angry, and that can dictate or drive how we behave in this world, right? But if I know that, okay, cool, this anger right now is actually not rage, it's actually just irritability, which is on the lower side of intensity mm. of this emotion, then I can, what can I do to let this irritability go? How can I serve this irritability? How can I feel differently knowing that this is just irritability? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm, what I'm getting is I'm, I'm just parking in my mind the, the emotional awareness and yeah. then the emotional intelligence is almost the application of the okay. awareness and, and the doing something about it. And it reminds me of just reading Power of Now and Eckhart Tolle where he says, you're not your thoughts, you're not your yeah. feelings, but you're the observer. And so if we have a conversation with men about emotional awareness and we realize that we can actually observe these emotions and don't even need to react immediately, but we can just pay attention to them. And even right. if it doesn't get applied perfectly in the emotional intelligence instantaneously and right away. And maybe we make some mistakes and, uh, you know, pissing people off on the way, at least starting with the awareness gives us something to work with. Yes. Right. I mean, we're going to mess up. Right. And uh, that's why we call every man CrossFit for the emotions because in, in our groups, this is where we practice the emotional awareness and practice the emotional intelligence. This is where we develop emotional literacy. And this is where we mess up, right? Because we're gonna take this work into our daily lives and we're gonna mess up there too. But every single time there's a lesson to all of it, right? We could always, always notice as we observe our response and our reaction to these emotions, we can always look back and say, wow, that worked and that didn't work. How do I want to be different the next time this pops up for me? Totally. Yeah. And, and the kind of the trajectory I'd like to take this conversation about emotional intelligence to see how it ties into one of the big problems and the biggest challenges that we talked about earlier, which was these statistics around men, men's, men's mental health and addiction and uh, suicide ideation and suicide. And one thing that I've seen you talk about a lot is this chronic stress. Mm-hmm. And when I asked you kind of, you know, how do you want to be known and what do you feel like you can add most value into the world? What you said was helping stressed out men find calmness in their lives. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering, um, because it's something that I'm seeking, mm-hmm. is calmness. If I'm being completely frank with you about my experience, I almost feel like I have a, like a, like a tension that doesn't seem to go away. Um, and you know, you know I, I lay down on the floor and I do meditation. I try to release the tension, but it just seems to persist and be there. And so I'm just wondering how does emotional intelligence, how does the work you do with every man, how does that, how does your process or maybe how you work in your coaching help people find more calmness? How can we help those that are seeking answers around um, you know, more tranquility in their lives, more serenity in their lives, more calmness in their lives. How can we find that for ourselves? How can I find always, it for myself, Mike? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it sounds like you're already doing it, man. I mean, you know, I, I think one thing that we need to pay attention to is um, 
how stress is honored in our culture, how stress is almost a badge of honor in our culture. Uh, we've been conditioned to believe that if uh, I work harder and I am stressed out, that means I'm doing something powerful in this world, that I am being accomplished in this yes, world. The hustle, porn, the, the grind, Absolutely. fetish. Yes, 100%. And so if we could remove ourselves from that identity and notice that actually the stress that we feel is not beneficial, that actually our stress actually leads to early death, Mm. then we can start to notice where in our lives that we need to find more calm. And it always starts with the breath, brother. Mm. Always starts with the breath, always starts with coming back into the body and noticing where your body is, what your body feels, because your body is always present. Your body is never in the past. It's never in the future. Your mind is. Mm -hmm. Your mind goes to the past. Your mind goes totally. to the future all the time but your body is always here. It is mm. with you 24, seven, 365 days of the year. It is with you your entire lifetime. So if we could practice just tools, just simple tools of noticing, what does my heart feel like right now? What is my heartbeat? What's my heart rate? Every single time you do that, you're practicing coming back here. And when you are coming back here, you're never in the past, you're never mm. in the future. And we can start to calm our mind and calm our thoughts. Now, I'm not saying that being thinking about the past and being, be, thinking about the future is harmful. I don't think that at all. However, if it runs your life, yeah. it can turn into chronic stress. Yeah. If it is a habitual practice in your life, it can turn into chronic stress. And so if we could just start to practice what it's like to just come back to our bodies, Right? We have so many sensations coming in and out of our bodies. We're feeling all the time. And if we can practice just noticing what are the physical sensations I feel, we're also always practicing coming back to the present. And when we're practicing coming back into the present, it allows our ego to go, okay, <sighs> calm down. Right? Our ego cannot penetrate our presence, our present state. Our ego is always thinking about how can I protect you from the future or protect you from the past? But if we're always back here, the ego is like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to be silent. Mm. And so for guys that I work with, I always teach them. The first thing that we do is I teach them how to come back into the body. I teach them to develop a relationship with the breath. One of the tools, one of the homework assignments that I give guys is practice a daily check-in, right? What do you feel like in the morning when you get up? Can you take three breaths? And can you check in with the physical sensations in your body? And then can you just name one emotion you might be feeling right now? And then can you do that again in the evening? Just check in with yourself. How have you shifted from the morning? And when we have a practice like this, it starts to become natural throughout our day. I have guys that I work with who check in with themselves just randomly. They're just like, yeah. oh, I need to check in take three deep breaths and the impact of just taking three deep breaths throughout your day is so powerful. Yeah. We are literally calming our nervous system down because what stress does too, is it puts us into this fight or flight state, right? Mm -hmm. Our nervous system, our, our sympathetic state gets activated and our sympathetic state is where we want to go, go, go survive, 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 survive. We're just in survival. 
Yeah. And so if we're always living in survival, we don't, off, we don't give ourselves the opportunity to come back into a parasympathetic where our nervous system is back to balance, to normal. In this place of parasympathetic is what we would call a rest and restore in our body. Yeah. That's when our body says, okay, cool, Mike, you're not surviving anymore. So now I can heal it. Mm-hmm. Now, I can di- now I can digest the food. Yeah. Now I can notice, now I can notice uh, all the parts of your body that there's, I can notice all the foreign substances in your body so I could expel those foreign substances. I could develop your immune system. I can strengthen the immune system. I could mm. strengthen your lymphatic system. And when, we are con- when our bodies can heal itself, guess what? We're more calm and we live longer lives. And so bringing ourselves back and taking these breaths throughout our day is such a beautiful practice because it allows your body to come back to a rest and restore. Yeah. And then your body gets to do what it needs to do. And naturally when our bodies get to do what it needs to do and we're all, when we're practicing presence, we're not living in anxiety and we're not living in the past. So many gems. <laughs> I, just, I, could, I just went on a roll there man yeah so many so many gems man and i could tell that this you know this isn't this ain't your first rodeo mm-hmm. i know you're a, a facilitator with every man and you you've run weekend retreats i'm not sure if you've been doing those mm-hmm. online since the, mm-hmm. the the pandemic is that still an opportunity if men are yeah. hearing you and they resonate with this concept of they don't want to live their entire lives in survival they don't want to um have this constant anxiety and stress and and they want to thrive and they want to feel relaxed and they want to live long lives and and have vitality for themselves and their families and their further communities. Is there opportunities still to participate in in these programs? It sounds like your process is really powerful. It's simple, but it it makes a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's foreign because it seems like it's almost like, all right, really, that's it, Mike. Like that's all I got to do. But, but it's, you know, it's, it can, it can be that simple. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, it sounds simple, right? But it, what what we talk about often is it takes practice, consistency, practice and consistency, doing it over and over and over again. Mess up, mess up, mess up. Do it over and over again. And um, since the pandemic, we've we've basically um, ran all of our programming online. So we've been in, we've been online for the last year and a half. And okay. uh, through our platform, we have uh, weekend virtual weekend retreats. We have um, four-week programs. We have men's groups. We have um, we have men's groups on different topics. Purpose. We have men's groups for GBTQ plus guys. Mm-hmm. We have men's groups for black men. We have nice. men's groups for fathers. Right. So okay. um, there is a men's group if you identify as male. There is a men's group for you in our mm-hmm. space. Um, at the end of the summer, early fall, we are trying to host our first in-person retreat uh and and at that time it'll be over a year and a half um but uh if you are curious about that if you want to learn more about that you want to stay updated on it follow us on instagram um also sign up for our newsletter on everyman.com um but this is an opportunity for any any person that's curious about this work curious about um what it feels like to be in a community with men who Mm have similar stories, may, might be going through some similar things um, and create uh, a sense of connection and brotherhood. Um, there's, there's, there's a space for every person, every man in our space. 
hence the name. Exactly. Exactly. The, the, the one last question that I've got for you before uh, my final question, which I'm most excited about, is around the, the benefits you see of being in a, in a space with, with men. A lot of people would ask, you know, why men specifically, why only men? And is there something in particular, because I know in my experience, what I've found to be the particular benefits of having only men in a circle and the type of environment that can create. But I'm just wondering from your perspective, you've been doing this way longer than I have. Um, you know, you've, you've, been, you've led these circles, you've facilitated these experiences for men, these retreats for men. What's the mm -hmm. biggest benefit or, or why do you see it being important that we're able to create a space for, for men to come together? Listen, man, belonging and connection, they are human needs. We need to feel like we belong somewhere. I mean, that's how we survived, right? We survived yeah. in tribes. We survived in connection and stories and being with each other. And, um, and men, um, for so long, this uh, traditional sense of what it meant to be a man was, uh, and actually, this is actually pretty new, I believe, because, you know, what was happening is, um, and Owen Marcus, my mentor, talks about this often, is, you know, when we were farmers, we were out in the field with our kids, with our sons, with our brothers, with other farm workers. And then the industrial revolution came and then all of a sudden we're in factories and we're working these isolated jobs by ourselves, yeah. doing these one things. And then- Not making that, any eye contact with anybody. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, and limiting communication, mm -hmm. right? And so here we are in this age where our grandfathers, our fathers, their fathers and grandfathers grew up in this age of almost isolation of, I need to work my butt off. I need to be by myself. I need to do my job well. And I need to provide for my, I need to provide for my family, right? However, for centuries, we've always been a community. We've always been a tribe. We've always wanted connection, yeah. right? And so uh, we're bringing that, that sense of community back and we're letting guys know that you are seen and heard and we look like each other, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You belong here with us. Mm -hmm. And, and since the, since this, since the, the, the sixties, women's have, women have always had, uh, you know, there's the women's empowerment movement and you know, there's always women's circles and women's empowerment Lots of opportunity and, to come together. Lots of opportunity, right? And you look today, and you could go to meetup.com and you can put in a women's groups and you'll find thousands and thousands of groups in your area for women. You put in men's groups, you might find a hundred, yeah. right? And so um, if that, mm -hmm. and so uh, what, we, what we're trying to shift here is this idea that um, we can't, we don't need to do it alone anymore. That we can do it together. That there's a community for men that, want to help that want to see you that want to hear you that want to bring you in um so that we can fulfill that need of belonging so we can fulfill that need of connection because i believe in overall like in our health and you know, we have physical and mental health we have spiritual health and all of those things we need connection mm -hmm. connection is driven in all of those things it's it's, pro it's it's prominent in all of those things connection to my body connection to my mind connection to something higher or something greater um, and connection to community Mm. Yeah, there's, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of beautiful themes there. One of the, the practices that I've taken on, I, I read a book a long time ago, um, 
magic of thinking big. And one of the suggestions mm -hmm. he made in the book was to make eye contact with people and not break it until they break it with you. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's get, it's creating what you're describing is a sense of connection, right? Mm -hmm. Rather than feeling separated and isolated, I never get to touch anyone anymore. I never get to make eye contact any, with anyone anymore. And that theme holds true to our, the conversation we started with, which is another way to create connection is with another sense, which is listening. Mm -hmm. So there's these themes keep arising, um, the theme of uh, self-acceptance, the theme of accepting others, theme of listening, the theme of making connections. So I appreciate yeah. you bringing that to the, the circle up listeners. Thank you for, yeah. thank you for doing that. You've been uh, super generous with your time. Um, I just wanted to let you know that the conversation that we had at the beginning when I was starting the circle up brand um, the conversation I had with you, the conversation I had with Dan Dottie, just seeing what was possible. Like I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't know that this was possible to have a, an empowering conversation about men and masculinity until I saw the Everyman brand and I met the men that, that lead this thing. So just thanks for um, being an inspiration for me. Um, you know, and, and, and if, if you're listening to this, I suggest you follow Mike on Instagram. I think that's a great way to connect with you. You're so creative and thoughtful and empowering on there. Mm. Um, so I just, yeah, no, I just wanted to, to take this, take a second here before I ask you the last question to thank you because yeah. uh, you've made yeah. a difference in my life. Very, very small time together, but very big impact. Yeah, man. I mean, you're so, so welcome and you're doing the work too, right? And what I want to say, guys, is for any of you guys that are listening, if every man is not your speed, right? If circle up is not your speed, there's always, there are a bunch of other spices out there of men's work. Go totally. find one. Go find one. Like we are in this community together. We have, we all want the, per we, we all have this drive and passion to serve men. And so whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever is your spice, try it out. Try it out. And I appreciate this time, man. Totally. Well said. I wanted to anchor our conversation on one last note, which was something that you said is a quote that inspires you. And I'm a, a yeah. big fan of uh, the law of sowing and reaping and kind of using this analogy and metaphor of, of being a, a gardener or, or being a farmer. Yeah. Really, really useful. It shows up in the Bible a bunch, but you had this quote and I'll mm -hmm. read it so I don't screw it up for you, Mike. Um, Every buried seed must succumb to a pressure and darkness, and it cannot see before emerging into the light. Yeah, it's one of my favorite quotes, man. It was like, uh, it's part of my, my, my development journey. Every buried seed must succumb to a pressure and darkness it cannot see before emerging into the light. And uh, what that really means to me is um, that, you know, we're going to go through these times in our lives where we feel the pressure and the darkness and if we can accept that this is necessary in the process, we can then start to accept that we are going to emerge from this as a beautiful, beautiful flower. And then guess what? That flower is going to die again. And then we're going to turn to seed. We're going to go back into the ground and we're going to come back up. And that's the normal process of life. And this is, this is what's beautiful about life is that we get to do it over and over again. Because what is life would just without feeling everything that we can feel. What is life? What, what is the experience, the human experience of life? If we can't feel the, the hurt, the pain, the struggle, the challenges, awesome. life is about feeling all those things. And when we feel all of those things, we feel all the other things that we want to feel, like the gratitude, the love, the joy. Yeah, it's the contrast 
it's experiencing the full range of human emotion that lets us appreciate all of the, the positive side of it. That's right, brother. Well, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for who you are in the world. And I will make sure to post the TED Talk. Um, you've done a bunch of other cool stuff. I'm going to make sure your Instagram gets on there. So if you have any other last words, this is your opportunity. But, dude, thanks for doing this. Yeah, I just want to say thank you, Jonathan, for this opportunity. Um, you know, it's, it's conversations like this that give other guys permission to have conversations like this with other men. And when we have more conversations like this, we are going to start to heal the world. All said. Appreciate you, brother. All right, man. I'm, I'm excited to be in person with you at a retreat sometime soon. Let's go. Till next time, my friend. What's up, beautiful people? Back here to invite you. If you like the show, if you found something useful, if you're contemplating an idea or a story that Mike shared that you feel can make an impact on your life or someone you love, then share the show. Subscribe to the show. It makes a difference for us. It helps us reach more men, more humans with these ideas. We believe that we're doing a service to humanity by raising consciousness, raising awareness, adding more love. And so if you're listening, you're part of that. We appreciate you. Uh, if you want to learn more about Mike, you can find him on Instagram. If you want to find more about uh, the Everyman community, you can find them on Instagram or you can go to everyman.com. And I love what Mike shared near the end there where if Circle Up or Everyman is not your flavor, it isn't the spice, there are other men's circles available, so explore them. Find a circle, find a community, find a brotherhood that works for you, that resonates with you, that's helping you to expand who you are as a man. Right, to find your, your, your brothers, to find your tribe, where you can be honest about your struggles, where you can be honest um, with your self-expression. And I just wanna throw it back to Mike one more time and let you know, mad respect, brother. I appreciate you coming on here and being an example, a positive role model for our community at Circle Up, but also for the world at large. Really appreciate you, really appreciate you uh, coming in here, giving us your time, giving us your expertise, and just being a positive role model and a light for the world. You, man, you shine dog, so we appreciate you, bro. Till next time, I'm Jonathan Andrews. Don't man up, Circle Up.